when you're talking justice and injustice, you're talking about a person. Therefore, when you talk about justice, it's personal. Yeah. Because it's personal, you have to define why people, why persons are valuable. Welcome to Switching Lenses, a podcast that takes current issues and events within the culture and defends the Christian position from an apologetical and biblical lens. Now, here are your hosts, Shane Skirvin and Josh Phillips. Welcome one, welcome all to another episode of Switching Lenses. Shane, we are in part two of our series called Defining Justice in a Fragile Society. And we're titling this episode, The Biblical View of Justice. Now, just sort of recap a little bit, we find ourselves in a quite, a quite a crazy time. I'm not even sure what adjective to use right there, but a very unusual time right now. And we're constantly having to, in this crazy time, define what justice is or what injustice is. And so in our previous episode, we said that if you look to the natural world, you're barking up the wrong tree. You're never going to find any kind of definition of justice. You're not going to be able to support it or find justice anywhere in the natural world. What we did say was, though, if you're going to find justice, if you're going to make any kind of claims for justice or injustice, then there has to be something transcendent that assigns value and rights. And that's what brings us into our episode today as we talk about the biblical view of justice. Just a quick little note before we go any further with this, because I thought this was probably a good thing to say. I thought it was kind of necessary to make this point is that when we're talking about justice, we're not talking about necessarily whether or not some kind of law has been broken within a state or you know a country or whatever, some uh, law that's been set by a governing body as to whether or not that's just or unjust. That's pretty clear, I think, in terms of legality. But we're not necessarily talking about legality. We're talking about humanity. Yeah, in its in its broadest sense, not in the narrow legal definition. I just thought some people might say, "Well, it's easy to define whether or not something is just or unjust. Go ahead and look to your 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 nation's laws, and that's where you can find out." But even though there are infractions taking place in countries that would violate laws, yeah, we're going on a a deeper level, I'd say, and these are laws against humanity, not necessarily, because one nation may have one set of laws and another one might have something different. And How do you square that? Yeah, we're, so, we're talking the well in which the, the legality springs from, the something yeah. that's deeper and more ancient and more personal to all of us. Yeah. Right, right. So I felt that was kind of a disclaimer we probably needed to say sure. from the get-go here. So, okay, so let's go on from there. So like I said, today we're talking about the biblical view of justice, godly justice, so we're going to dive into this. Now, <laughs> I'd like to preface this a little bit. You know, when all the craziness started happening, when all of, you know, the George Floyd shooting went down, the anger that came from that, the the, the protests that came from that, the riots that came from that, you know, I kind of had sort of my own little view of that. But I, I, I knew there was, I, I knew if I was going to really go into this, if I was going to really seek the biblical view of this, I needed to be able to take what I already thought and hold it under the microscope and be willing to accept any kind of correction and say, maybe, you know what, maybe I'm not looking at this the right way. 
don't know if you felt the same way about that too, Shane, or not. But I know for me, like, yeah, definitely, I was willing to put my own thoughts, my my initial thoughts from all this, and so I, I, can, I was willing to push those to the side and say, okay, what does the Bible say? I'm not going to bring in any of my preconceived ideas. I'm not going to bring in any of my assumptions. I just want to take what the Bible says and go from there. So that's what I did. And it was quite interesting what came out whenever really, when I really started digging into this. It was, it was very fascinating, very fascinating. So let's get into this a little bit here, Shane. So the first place we're going to start, I think, I don't think that you can get anywhere using the words justice or injustice until you can define value and humanity. Because I would say that you, because when you're talking justice and injustice, you're talking about a person. Therefore, when you talk about justice, it's personal. Because it's personal, you have to define why people, why persons are valuable. And so we're going to look at the biblical side of this. And I'm going to start right on page one of the Bible here. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And that is where we can define our value. It's really impossible to sign any kind of value outside of that. You know, outside of going to a transcendent God, some sort of, or if you want to break it down further than that, a transcendent being, you know, you, you, you have to go that direction to define value because really we're just, what, slime plus time? Yeah, there's absolutely right? no other source for human value. Yeah, this it, it it has to be a like you said, well said. You, it has to be transcendent. It can't be. We can't give it to ourselves. It has to be something outside of ourselves. So that way, it's permanent. It's fixed. It's not shifting in cultural sands. Um, yeah, uh, well said, Josh. This is the one place alone. Uh, a man being made in the image of God gives him great worth. Yeah, and now Shane, we don't have to go too much further. Just a couple couple pages down in Genesis, right, to see this evident again. Yeah, and in Genesis 9, verse, verse 5, it says, And for your lifeblood I will require a reckoning. From every beast I will require it, and from man. From his fellow man I will require a reckoning for the life of man. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. So by drawing out the fact that if you uh, kill another person, that you're transgressing, you're your committing a crime, um, the biblical language would say you're committing a sin by, uh, by marring or destroying the image of God uh, reflected in a man. And so you're that, violating value, right? Yes, violating value. Well, yeah, that's a great way of putting it. And it draws a straight line to saying... So if God gave man this image and he's made in the image of God to transgress it, there, there has to be, like you said, for violating that value, there has to be a punishment. It's really cool, right? How that, it does two things. I think, like you said, it assigns value. And from there, we see justice to affirm that value, to, to kind of keep that value true. true yes, to it. Right. absolutely. Yeah, sustaining it. Yeah, yeah. We had the hardest time trying to think of how to word that <laughs> before this, but now we got it. I think we got it there. So, you know, another place we can look to is let's go over to the New Testament. You know, in Galatians 3.28, it says, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. 
There's no, excuse me, there's no male and female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. We're all one. And I think that was not only does that signify our value, but it also signifies our unity, which is something we sorely need in this time right now. So I I really like that verse, given the context of what we're talking about. You know, I kind of want to kind of sum up this topic right here real quick and just say that, you know, human value and human worth, it's not defined by social class. It's not defined by skin color. It's not defined by any kind of abilities you have or don't have. Talents, gender, ethnicity, none of that. Our world wants to tell us that. Our world wants to define us by those things and assign our worth, but you can't. Our value and identity are found solely in Christ and Christ alone. So having said that, now that we've established where humanity gets its value, now let's get into the actual justice. You kind of hinted on this a little bit with that passage from the Novaic Covenant. But let's go much, much, much further with this. So what was really interesting, you know, we, were, you know we, we looked into this, you know, we were studying about this episode and in our study, we found out that there's a word, a Jewish, or excuse me, <laughs> a, yeah, a Jewish word, a Hebrew word, excuse me. There's a Hebrew word that is often translated to justice in English and the Hebrew word is mishpat. But this mishpat, this word mishpat, it goes further than maybe our modern context, Right our modern context of what justice means. We tend to have what's called like a, what what a retributive form of justice, right? Kind of a courtroom type of justice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, those crime shows, you know, law and order, all those things are really popular. (laughs) I think, I think we're well plugged into retributive justice. Yeah. We're we're, we're real familiar with that. But Punishing wrongdoing. Yeah. 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 But Mishpat goes a lot further than that. And what's interesting is whenever you look in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, which of course was where you would find the word mishpat because it's a Hebrew word. But when you're going through passages in the Bible, you're looking for the word justice. What's really interesting is how many times you'll see the word righteousness right nearby it, right nearby in that same sentence. What you'll also notice too is, what was it called? The quartet, Shane? Yeah, the quartet, the widow, the poor, the immigrant, and the orphan, those who would be most likely to be disadvantaged or at the lower end. Marginalized. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Push. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Marginalized, pushed to the side, easy to push to the side and take advantage of. Because they were taken advantage of Yeah, quite often throughout, not just Israel's history, but just human history. Those are, I mean, it might be hard for some people, you think, maybe that would say like, well, why was the immigrant? I mean, on some level, I know we have some issues with, um, a lot of, we're, we're, you know, we're kind of polarized on ideas of immigration, but maybe like, you know, the widow, we have lots of women who are widowed, not necessarily from death, but, you know, from broken, broken relationships, broken marriages, but it was different back then. Like a lot of those women, they couldn't work like modern women can, can today. And so it was a little bit, di- so, so the, the social situation was a little bit different back then. And uh, so these pe- these types of people were, were much, probably much more marginalized than we might think of in our modern context. So we kind of have to keep that in mind, I think. As well as with the immigrant, that's actually a side to the discussion about immigration and how many and what would be the level. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's if you take advantage of an immigrant. I what I always found was kind of interesting was uh, the passages. Yeah, and speaking about immigrant, we'll, then we'll, we'll move on. Was I forget what passage it says in the Bible, but it's talking about what does it say about hitting your like <laughs> it's like your stock or whatever it was. 
that where we where you were growing your crop, hit it one time and whatever oh, falls, yeah. that's your yes, that's your take. Don't hit it a second time. That's for the immigrant. That's for the widow to come by and get that. I was like, wow, what a what a, what an image. Yeah, what a yeah, it's um, and it's it's an amazing idea that that you're not pushing things so far, but you're leaving something on the table for other people in your community, especially the disadvantaged. I mean, yeah. that's a pretty profound concept. It really is, you know, because you know, in, in in studying for this and looking through all this stuff, this word mishpat it really hit me. I'm gonna be honest. Like I was going through this, I'm like, wow, you know, every time I think of justice, I really do think of it in like the retributive sense. I'm always thinking, well, who did wrong? Okay, well, let's let's <laughs> take them to court or whatever, you know, like that that type of thinking. Let's let's lay out their offense. Did they do it? Okay, they did. Okay, now we have to think of some sort of punishment for that. And I stopped right there. That's never to say that I never considered the poor or the the immigrant or the widow or anything like that, but I never tied that to the word justice, that neglecting those types of people is being unjust or, 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 or you're know, violating some form of justice, right? I mean, that, that, that is truly profound. The idea that if they are made in the image of God, do we owe something to the disadvantaged in our community? Is it, is there, like you said, are we being unjust if we don't build them up, if we don't strengthen them, if we don't look after those who have the least resources and can be taken advantage in our society? I mean, that that is so much, like you said, that's so much beyond that narrow sense of justice being just being fair between two different parties. We have a couple of verses here we could read. One of these is really, I don't know, it's gonna kind of hits me in the face a little bit. Psalm 72, 2. It says, May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. Ju- your poor with justice. I mean, I don't know about you, but like when I read that, I think, you know, why are we I, I when I see the word justice with poor, like, why are you going after the poor? What what, what are we why are we holding them under the, the microscope? And like, why are we going after them? But like but when you think of this this sort of more advanced form of justice, this mishpat that goes beyond the retributive, and it goes into this restorative, like we're restoring those who are marginalized, like you said, it really takes it in a whole new way, I think. You know, it's kind of like we said um, in the previous episode, I said, and I, I know you can answer it a little differently, but when we said that if you said that you, you didn't treat me, you treat me unfairly, that wasn't unfair using the word unjust, like that seems, that, that seems a little different when you use the word, you were unjust with me as opposed to being unfair. It, it seems to have a stronger word to it. So whenever I read something like that, justice is a, is a strong word to me. And so oh, I don't know, that's, yeah. just, that's just my yeah, two no, cents. Like, no, I treat mean, the poor it, with justice. <laughs> and in light of, of Mishpat, it, you know, I, to me, I see a fuller picture too. You're exactly right. It's something that uh, is, is so much deeper than the word fair. You know, a couple other instances right here, like, you know, like Proverbs 21.3 says, to do righteousness and justice. There's that pairing right there. To do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Well, and, and, and you know, rather than just for us, sometimes we can glaze over that and not realize that sacrifice was the high point, the most holy thing that an Israeli family did. And the, you know, the apex of their, of their worship was the sacrifice at the temple. And so to, to to put justice and righteousness actually ahead of that is that's a that's a uh, that's a pretty big sentence right there. There's a yeah, lot going on right there. 
that's that says like hey open your ears open your eyes yeah you need to get this yes that's exactly that's exactly what it's saying and and two it's like to add on to that it's like it's it seems like something you would overlook it's easy to overlook yeah which is why open your well ears open your eyes so take that take that scripture through um when you say overlook you would say my my relationship with god through sacrifice is much more important than um than how i i treat someone who's at a different, you know, a different level than me that's over to the side, mm-hmm. um, how I'm treating them on a, on a business deal, you know, that's, that's not that big a deal, but my, my sacrifice to the Lord, that's, that's the most important part of my relationship with them. I mean, so this is, this is upending that whole idea saying, no, actually how you, if you, if you're going to take advantage of your poor neighbor, because you can, that's actually, that's a pretty big deal. Well, yeah, not to get into this, it's a totally different podcast episode, but it's kind of the idea of individualism versus a communal society, right? If I'm if I'm more concerned about my sacrifice and ignoring the people around me, I think I'm missing what the gospel is actually saying. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's yeah, that's exactly. Yep. And to, to keep going with this a little bit, I mean, I mean, there's another good another good one. Deuteronomy 10:18. He executes justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing. There was a couple of the quartet right there. And it's, you know, it's not, he executes grace, although it is, you know, but but it's interesting that the word justice is used right there. Executes justice for the fatherless and widow. So, and and it's, and too, it says that love the sojourner, giving him food and clothing. It's not saying he executes justice when he's before, you know, the, the the law officials or anything like that, it's referring to food and clothing. I don't know. I, this is this was just really wild to me, like in a, in a good way. And it really sort of opened my eyes a little bit because to be honest, I think I was viewing justice a little too individualistic and maybe neglecting some of these, not maybe not just thinking in these, maybe not thinking these terms all the way like I should and really looking for who, okay, who actually is marginalized? Is there are there people being taken advantage of? Because I need I need to be as a Christian as as a Bible believing Christian I need to be aware of that. And so where I wanted to go just real quick, just kind of um, last thing here is you know even you know if you look into the book of Matthew and the Gospels, let's go over to the New Testament. In Matthew twenty three twenty three, it says, "Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin." And have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to, excuse me, these you ought to have done without neglecting the others. There we see it there again with justice. So highlighted by Jesus Himself, like you're saying. I mean, this is yeah. uh, when He opened His mouth, Jesus to speak. Uh, there was no wasted words. I mean, He was very intentional in and in how He talked. In, in the way, like you said, him, him phrasing justice and mercy and faithfulness. I mean, that's that's a very solid putting it in this company right here with yeah. mercy and faithfulness. Yeah, that's a profound statement. Yeah, and we're, we're going to get a little bit of that, a little more into that, especially that idea of mercy a little bit in the third episode. Well, there we have it, Shane. Like that was, this is kind of the biblical view of justice, this idea of mishpat. It's, it is retributive. It is settling matters and not ignoring things that are wrongs that are being done and not overlooking them. It is settling those, those types of issues, 
but it also goes beyond that. And it's also thinking about not just that, but also thinking about marginalized people, making sure they're not taken advantage of, making making sure that they're that it's a level playing field. And so that's going to take us into our next our next episode. This is going to be a doozy. This last one here, I think. <laughs> and we're going to take this idea. You know, we've already we've already shown that we can't find justice in the natural world, but we can look to the Bible and we can see a very profound view of what justice actually looks like. And so what we want to do in this third episode is we want to, let's apply it. Let's take this current situation that we find ourselves in. Let's take this biblical view and just see what, see what we get. And let's see how we can work through this. So that's where we're heading this next episode, Shane, as always, I appreciate you joining me, man. Always appreciate, appreciate your insight. It's always a pleasure to be here, Josh. Well, guys, you can always see all of our blog material, all of our other podcast episodes, all of our videos you can find at switchinglensespodcast.com. Reach us on Twitter at switching lens, or excuse me, at switch lenses pod. And of course, you can always email the show at feedback at switchinglensespodcast.com. Well, that wraps it up for us today. Thanks for joining us and we will see you next time. <laughs>